Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. On today's episode of The Thriller Zone, Robert Crace and Racing the Light. Hello and welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. And on today's show, as we are well into our way along November, is a guy who knows a thing or two about writing. Oh my goodness. If I throw some names at you, like, well, let's just do one. Raymond Chandler. Yeah, it's not actually Raymond. He's not on the show today. But a guy who writes, who kind of channels him, is Robert Crace. And the book is racing the light i raced through this thriller at the speed of light stop my silliness and let's get on to the show robert is with us right here on the thriller zone you look great good thanks so do you well i thank you i even did a little uh background to match the delicious cover of your book look at that perfect perfect you know it's a little attention to details robert yeah, I know. Details make make ever details make the man. <laughs> Sounds like a line out of Mad Men. Yep. So we have uh, thirty, well, twenty five minutes today. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, sir. That appears to be it. All right. <clears throat> then I won't waste any time by. But I'll start by saying welcome to the Thriller Zone. Uh, David, it's great to be here. Thank you. And thank you for following me on Twitter. I saw that you joined the gang recently I, I did. I'm, I'm now part of the uh the david temple horde <laughs> with the d so listen i just want to cut out of the uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to this right away but i, I want to get to know you because i'm a i'm a i'm very enamored and a little you know i'm i'm in awe because you're you're a friggin rock star and uh what i loved about this book is it's so clear that you spent many years doing TV scripts because, you know, Hill Street Blues, Miami Vice, LA Law, because that, that dialogue and that witty repartee is delicious. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I think of my TV years as my writing school. I mean, I was, I was a baby writer when, when I got involved in television and, uh, listen, you, you, you just rattled off the names. I was super fortunate to work with some really talented people at, at really terrific shows. Um, you know, Hill Street Blues, Cagney and Lacey, all those things. God. So I learned an enormous amount. I mean, listen, when I got involved in TV, I didn't know anything. Yeah. Right. I, I was a guy who could kind of tell a story and, and that's why I got hired. But uh, everything I learned about uh, uh, you know, dialogue, about editing, about pace, uh, you know, scene transitions, the importance of, of moving, you know, having one scene snowball into another, propel into another, push into another. Uh, all of those lessons I learned, um, I think when I when I began writing books, that's naturally then just how I how I did it. Sure. So it's it, it, it I think it was a, a great boon. It was a real help to my my fiction writing. Well, it's the personification of making every word count, which was, was it Elmore Leonard who said, cut out the words that nobody pay attention to, or, you know, it doesn't yeah, matter. Leave out, leave, uh, Mr. Leonard said, leave it, leave out the stuff people don't read. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. I'm a, I, I'm a believer in that. 
you know, I'm a big reviser, I revise constantly, and I edit constantly. And invariably, what I'm doing is I'm cutting things out. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, I just, I don't want too many words. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think it's better to be direct and and clear. Clarity is very, very important. Well, there's a couple things. Uh, my wife saw me reading this, which, by the way, now I think I've set a record as having read. This is the fastest I've ever read a book, and we're going to wow. get to that in a second. I mean, I, I one sitting, it was done. Yo, you skipped every other word, <laughs> dude. There were no words to skip. That's the point. The uh, the the dialogue in the pages move faster than any book I've read, and I just celebrated a hundred episodes a couple of days ago with uh, Andrew Child. And I, and, and I looked at this and I'm like, I, I've, I've never read a book that fast. So anyway, my wife sees me reading it and she goes, is it good? I'm like, uh, yeah, excuse, here go, here are the mowers. Really? Thank you guys. Appreciate it. So I said, yeah, it's good. I said, she goes, okay, how? I said, well, imagine Raymond Chandler was living in Laurel Canyon today. I mean, I know that sounds a little bit of smoke up your skirt, but I, I mean, that's what I mean. Wait, Putnam, send him the check, please. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Look, I mean, uh, Los Angeles has a storied history with with detective fiction and crime fiction. Um, Raymond Raymond Chandler was my gateway drug to this whole universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when but when I discovered Chandler, I fell in love with Los Angeles. I also it opened. It literally was a gateway. I mean, it opened the horizon to all the other crime writers who were at play and and working. Um, and and my love of that fiction uh, led me to come out here, and and eventually led me to become, you know, the the novelist I am today. <laughs> Where's the pipe? Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. I love the fact that we both share a love of amateur filmmaking. And what I want to know is, and and I read this somewhere in one of your bios on one of your press pieces or something. I said, uh, it says, uh, Robert, Bob, just picked up and moved to Hollywood where you quickly, and the word quickly jumped out at me, found work writing scripts for TV shows. So we're going to, we're going to go take one step back. How did that, like anything happens quickly in Los in Hollywood, how did that happen? And did it really just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to Hollywood and uh, bam? Yeah. I mean, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was, listen, I, I was writing short stories in Louisiana. Um, I'd been writing ever since I was, uh, uh, I don't know, junior high. Uh, scores and scores of short stories. And, and finally, uh, I saw one and then I sold another and I sold another. And um, for the first time, really, you know, those those fifty dollar checks were uh, were proof. At least they were evidence yeah. that that I had something going on writing wise. Um, I very much wanted to be a professional writer. You know, I didn't want to have to work a real job. Um, so I thought if I wanted to do this, uh, maybe Hollywood was was the way to go because you know tv writers movie writers you can make a living doing it yeah you can't make a living writing short stories so um i just came out here I, you know a couple of friends of mine they wanted to come out here too so we we moved out uh, i didn't know anyone in the business i had no connections i'd never seen a, a teleplay or screenplay um so i educated myself how to do it and, and simply by you know I, there 
uh, you know, going to bookstores around Hollywood, they'd have uh, like used scripts that the studios had, uh, that someone had stolen from the studios. Right. And now they would sell them for two bucks, right? <clears throat> I bought a handful of those things and measured them and saw what they looked like. Oh, look, the dialogue is narrow. And then this other stuff is, you know, wider and, um, and, and, and start writing scripts and, you know, I, I found an agent the old fashioned way. I, you know, I, the, the guild used to, you have to pay a buck or something, but they, they'd give you a list of agents who had signed uh, the minimum basic agreement, which, which is the working agreement with, with uh, the writers guild of America West. Um, uh, you know, people I had met out here began to say, Oh, you should call that guy. Oh, you should call that guy. <clears throat> I just started cold calling guys. Hi, you know, I'm, I'm Robert from uh, Louisiana. I've sold, you know, half a dozen short stories. Would you like to read my script? And I, I submitted them and, and, you know, I, I found a guy I trusted who was willing to represent me and he started submitting them. And then, uh, you know, they, they sold one of them. sold. So. Holy moly. And, and not just, so then you take that prolific career and what, maybe a decade or so later say, mm, yeah, I'm going to go long form. And then you proceed to spend nearly two decades just cranking out hit after hit. I mean, well, I, yeah, I listen, when I got involved in the TV, um, I mean, I, you know, no one could have been happier. I mean, it was exciting. It was terrific. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I didn't know anything. I mean, I, I, I had no idea what I was doing, but I, I had the good fortune of working with a lot of terrific people, very, very talented writers, producers, actors. Um, and I now, I look at television now as my, um, my writer school, you know, writer university, AKA Hollywood. Yeah. And the lessons I learned, um, I think were, were enormously val valuable. You know, you, you uh, dialogue, pacing, uh, uh, you know, how to edit, how to transition from scene to scene, how, you know, story structure to propel a story forward, uh, you know, how, how to reveal the truth of a scene uh, through dialogue and, you know, on and on. Um, so, so when it was time, when I felt it was, it was, it was a time for me to write novels, uh, uh cl clearly, uh, everything I'd learned in television was at play there. And, and I was always a visual thinker anyway. My work was always visual, even in, in the short story days. <clears throat> so I think that natural bit, uh, carried over into the books. You know, I think the books are very visual, um, so it, it, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully it's, uh, well, hopefully I think all of those elements help to lead to the success of the novels. Yeah. Well, you know, back to the sparseness, the brevity of the descriptions, it, when you read your work and, uh, I think this is, this is the first one I've read in a long time. Let's put it that way. When I, so I was refreshed to it. When you read your work, you realize back to an earlier comment I made that, when you strip out a lot of the description and the extraneous things, which we often think as writers, oh, this will be cool because I really paint these pictures. 
But you can paint the picture in a sentence this small, still get the same thing across because really what I love more than anything is the dialogue and just making me go, let me just jump into the scene early and get, you know, late and get out early. Love that. Um, look, for me, every word on the, every word on the page is a brushstroke. Um, I, I <clears throat> I'm trying to evoke, uh, certain feelings on the page, right? Whatever the scene is, whether, and whether I'm writing uh, a narrative description or, or dialogue, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a certain effect. I find that effect, uh, helps paint the image of the of Elvis Cole's Los Angeles and all yeah. the characters within it, including Elvis Cole, um, in a certain way, with a certain vibe, um, with, with a, a certain degree of emotional content. Um, too, many, <clears throat> too many words improperly used feels like flab to me. <laughs> so when I'm, when I'm revising, and I revise a lot, yeah. Um, I'm constantly cutting and cutting and cutting and, and what's left may be the bare minimum or, or, or close to it. But it, to me, it, it's, it's created a feel for the world that I'm trying to create, hopefully in, in, you know, in the reader. To uh, step back and look at maybe a 30,000 view, if you had to narrow it down to a singular thing, Robert, do you, what would you say, and you've had so many wonderful accolades along the way, what, what, what is a pinnacle of your career today that you just go, man, this is that moment where I'm like, yeah, I could, I could just die right here. Oh, man, I don't even feel anywhere close to that. I, I, there's, so, <clears throat> there's so much more I want to do. Um. You know, this this is my twenty third novel, nineteenth Ellis Cole novel. Ask me that when I get to book sixty. Okay. Okay. You no, know, I mean I, I I have I'm already halfway through the, the next book that I'm writing. Uh, I have multiple ideas for books after that. There's standalone books I want to write. Um, there are a lot of mountains to climb before I can call it quits. Yeah. And that's another great question. You know, so many people are encouraged, especially early on in a career, to develop a series because it makes sense. You get your listener, your your viewers that way. They pull them in and they stick with you. But the standalones, if you sh some people can shoot out of the gate with a bunch of standalones, others can't. You acknowledge your illustrious career can easily just pop in and do standalones all you want. So do you think that, do you see that as uh, one of those blessings of being in the place that you are? Well, I, <clears throat> maybe, you know, but I, I do the standalones because, <clears throat> um, you know, those are characters I really want to write about. Yeah. And it, 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 uh, I'm working on a couple of standalone ideas now that'll, that, that won't be the next book uh, or the book after that, I think, but, but, Maybe the third and fourth books from now will be a couple of standalones. Putnam's been super supportive in uh, uh, in, in me doing my standalones, and and so my readers. <clears throat> I mean, I know there are readers who like they'll only read the Elvis Cole novels, you know, yeah. and, and and they may or may not pick up a standalone because heaven forbid it's not Elvis Cole. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll tell you this: a few years ago. Um, I, I wrote a book called Suspect, 
uh, about a, a, a LAPD canine officer, Scott James, and his uh, and his and his canine dog, uh, German Shepherd named Maggie, who had who had been in the uh, Marines. Uh, you know, she had been a military working dog before she was on LAPD. You know, I wrote it because I loved the characters and I wanted to tell Maggie's story. Uh, but I, and I never expected this, but at, up to that date, it was like the biggest selling book I had. Wow. Uh, you know, so it, I, I'm, I don't look at any of this stuff as, uh, oh, you know, it was funny. I say that I said, Bill, and it was, it was the biggest selling book I had to that date. Friends, friends would say, man, Chris, you're really smart. You wrote a book about a dog. Look, and I, I said, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you think this was smart? Okay, if I was that smart, like a dog, a dog book's going to take off. I would have wrote that twenty years ago. Right, right. Why wait? It <laughs> has nothing. It has nothing to do with that. You you write these books because you love them. I I write Elvis Cole novels because I want to read Elvis Cole novels. I, I love being in Elvis Cole's world. Uh, you know, I, I love Joe Pike, all those people. Uh, but the standalones, I love too. So it's 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 a different. It's a it's a break for me for one thing. It's funny. It's fun <clears throat> and refreshing to see the world uh, through other characters. You know, for the year I spend writing these things. Sure. It, it uh, it's 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 energizing in many ways. So that's that's a good plus to it. And it's a it's about a book a year, right? Is that that's about? Well, I'm slower than that. Uh, if you average it out, I think it it probably comes to a book every eighteen or nineteen months over time. Right. Yeah, you know, it's been Fair three enough. years since my last book, so this has been a big break for me. Well, so happy birthday! It drops uh, Tuesday, so uh, this little baby right here, racing the yeah. light, drops That's Tuesday. Good. Robert, I got a pretty good idea uh, through reading this what the title means, but can you share with my listeners uh, the the story behind the uh, the title? Uh, it, it's it's I will. Uh, there are layers to the meaning behind it, depending upon the character in the book. Uh, but basically, uh, the light is the, the light is the truth behind the lie and it's always out on the horizon. And the only way to learn the truth is to catch the light. So you have to race the light and catch up with it. And that's what the characters in the book are doing or trying to do. So good. So good. Well, I love the book. Uh, it has so much to look forward to in a thriller. And I suppose one of the best things, of, as you've already said, and anyone who reads your work knows this, testament to your success, that relationship between Cole and Pike. And again, the relationship is is deep, yet as minimal in its construct as the dialogue itself, which I kind of dig. The, you know, when you like when you have a best friend, we've all had them. You can hang out and say very little and be able to um, transfer a lot of different thoughts with very few words. So I'm a big fan of that as well. Good. Terrific. I'm glad. Thank you. If you were to do, going back to screenplay writing, anyone who knows what a log line is, it's kind of that one singular thought of what a book or a movie is. If you were crafting a log line for Racing the Light, what would it be? Reading this book will extend your life by 15 years. <laughs> that, that, oh, wait. That's perfect. <laughs> 
I got to buy that book. Oh, that's brilliant. That one's just for you, David. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll find out Robert's least and favorite things about Hollywood, as well as that all-important question, what's your best piece of writing advice? It's still to come on The Thriller Zone. Stay with us. Your host, David Temple here. Hey, before we get back to the show, I thought I would throw in this one quick note. I have had authors approach me who want to actually advertise on the show. And I'm like, that's cool. I love that idea. I mean, think about it. We feature the best thriller writers in the world. You're one of the new up-and-coming thriller writers in the world to be. And you have a book coming out. Our rates are super reasonable. (laughs) We're easy to work with, as you know. And we all want to work together to make success for all of us. Just reach out to us here at The Thriller Zone at thethrillerzone at gmail.com. Let's talk rates. Let's talk details. Let's do something together in the new year. I think you'll like it. Now, back to the show. The best thrillers, your favorite authors, the thriller zone. But as we start to wrap, a couple of Hollywood questions. I did three tours of duty in Hollywood, so I've got a a very special place in my heart for it. Do you miss screenwriting? Do you miss that particular, very specific exercise? No. I love this. Yeah. I, I love writing books. Yeah. I, I love writing books. I don't okay. want to, I don't want to go back. All right. So I know you love uh, living in Hollywood and you've been there a while. What's your least and favorite things about Hollywood? Everyone's got one favorite and one least favorite. Well, my least favorite thing of living here is the traffic. <laughs> Ding. Yeah. Right. I, 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 I could do without the traffic. I mean, where's my jet pack? I want that jet pack. Right. Uh, my favorite thing, honestly, is is the diversity of the landscape. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I love. Uh, you know, <clears throat> they claim. I believe they claim the official numbers. Something like I don't know, six million people here. I, I think it's probably upwards of eight million or more. Um, with this great flat sprawling city uh within it uh we we have uh, mountains we have uh uh canyons which are undeveloped and 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 state parks city park zones we have wildlife uh we we have an enormous cultural diversity um and all of these things add to the pleasure of of living here you know, we can get my car right now and drive 20 minutes and visit little Ethiopia and little Armenia and yeah. K-Town and Chinatown and Thai town and on and on and on and on and on and get great food, man, from every culture on the planet. Uh, it's, 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 it's that presence here, which is magic. Yeah, I would agree. And you've also got pinks. So when you have one of those late night moments. <laughs> yeah, when you just got to have a chili dog, you go there. Yeah. All right. Now, here's the uh, since you started out kind of dabbling in films, I, I have to ask as, a, as a, a mutual film lover and filmmaker, or would you ever be interested in being at the helm? Here's the magic of the question. Being at the helm of turning one of your books into a film. No, no, no. I, uh, you know, I, I my book hostage was made into a film. Uh, my standalone 
historically, I've never sold uh, the rights to Elvis Cole, uh, the, the film rights to Elvis Cole. Uh, my standalone books, I felt differently about, and I've sold or optioned the film rights to all of the standalone books. Um, uh, and only one film has been made. I wrote screenplays for a couple of those books, didn't enjoy the process. So I, um, I don't, I don't have any interest in that. Um, for the, forever, I, uh, as I, as I said, I've systematically said, no, there've been gazillions of offers for the film rights to Elvis and Joe in the books, the Elvis called books. Um, but really for the first time, uh, in the past couple of years, I've begun to consider some, I'm not sure that I'm going to do it yet, Yeah. but I, I've, I, I, I'm maybe thinking we're in an era now where um, it might feel appropriate. It might be time to let someone else, not me, to let someone else bring Elvis Cole to the screen. I think I'm open to considering that. Uh, and, and this is a first because I've never, I've always automatically said no in the past. Well, I, for one, would be a huge fan of that because I think it's a, especially in this world of streaming, I think he would be one of those guys that could hang out for decades to come. And, you know, I, this, I hope this is a compliment because one of my favorite characters of television was uh, Jim Rockford from the Rockford Files. And I loved that. He had that uh, a similar sense of humor and, you know, he was a tough guy and a guy's guy and, and the, the stories were neatly and concisely told each week. And I thought, man, this is where, you know, uh, Cole and Pike would just make for great, uh, episodic, man. I, I agree. I love Rockford, you know, uh, Steve Cannell, Juanita Bartlett, and of course the great James Garner. Oh yeah. It simply didn't get any better than, no. than the Rockford files. Uh, well, We'll see how that plays out. Well, I hope so. I, as we get ready to wrap, I want to say I really had hoped to meet you in person. Down, you're going to be at Warwick's uh, next week down in La Jolla, which is right here in my backyard. But I'm going to be out of town, dead gummit, because I wanted to shake your hand. And uh, so I'll have to catch you next time. Another time, David. We'll do it. All right. And as we wrap, I always wrap with one final question, and especially of prolific authors as yourself. What is, what will you leave for my listeners, my viewers, that best piece of writing advice to aspiring uh, novelists? Write what you believe. Write the book that you want to read. Don't write the book that you think, oh, this, this, they're buying this now, so this will be easy to sell. Uh, I don't think that works, or at least it doesn't work to any extent. Uh, my philosophy for myself has always been write the book you want to read. And I think uh, uh, I think that's the best advice I could give. Awesome. Well, folks, if you'd like to learn more, visit robertcrace.com and you can follow him on social as I do. And uh, the book is Racing the Light. It's a hell of a read, fastest read I've, I've had this year. And just dynamite thank you so much robert for taking time out and hanging out with me david thank you it's been a lot of fun man let's do it again all right great short and sweet but awfully neat robert crace is on the show and racing the light wasn't that a great interview boy i could have talked to him a lot longer but we were on a very tight schedule 
Maybe another time, his next book, perhaps. And wouldn't you like to see some of that material turned into television streaming? Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. All right, I've got some reading to do, so I'm going to scoot on out of here. David Temple, your host. I'll see you next time for another exciting edition of The Thriller Zone. The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.